And during that time, I had put everything on pause, meaning I wasn't working out. I was barely sleeping. I was not eating well. Like I had just like everything had gone on pause to just do that while running the company. And I kept telling myself like, oh, like after this is over, um, it's gonna get so much easier. Like, you know, it, it's gonna be fine. Like I'll like do this and that after this, you know? And what I realized from that experience was like, yes, we closed our round, but it did not get any easier. Like the business just got busier. There were like a hundred more things to do. So it doesn't actually get easier after a certain milestone. Like that's just a myth. Like you're just dealing with something different. You're gonna work just as hard. Welcome everyone to Life with Lisa podcast. Our mission at Life with Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to be their better selves. And today we have a very inspiring guest. She is one of the co-founders of Array, but also it is a natural supplement company, but it is actually so much more than that. It helps to empower women all over the world to become their most authentic selves and to choose the natural alternatives to wellness. Also, she has founded the Dream Bigger podcast and is hosting it. She interviewed incredible guests and created a platform for sharing ideas and different opinions and educating so many people all over the world. And if you think that was enough, no, 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 this is not what she is about. She also has her own platforms where she created a community of hundreds of thousands of people and she is creating content daily, showing up on her social media and is inspiring even more people every day. Sif, welcome to the show. Oh my God, what an intro. I hope I live up to it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. And um, I wanted to start with when I was researching and preparing for this interview, I went all the way back uh, on your Instagram posts and on your uh, other social media platforms. And it's so incredible to see the progress because, you know, sometimes when we see someone who is already successful and already is doing so well, it's mm -hmm. hard for us to imagine ourselves being that person. But once we go back and we see how they started, that maybe they didn't know everything, didn't have all the resources, maybe they just had a crazy idea and went for it. So I really wanted to dive deeper into that, but how did it start? How did you start uh, your own company and uh, how was your journey since that? So I actually love that you bring this up because it's one of my favorite things to do. And I feel like people getting started in their career where they're like looking at all of these successful people and feeling maybe that, oh, how will I ever get there? I think this is a really um, helpful exercise to actually go back as far as you can and see where people started because everyone starts from the you know point zero essentially. And then we all progress depending on our work and um, you can really see someone's progression. So I think it's like really great that you did that. And of course, you know, in my case, just like everyone else, I started as a full beginner. I, you know, didn't just one day wake up and, you know, I'm the founder of a company and it's like doing well or my podcast, you know what I mean? Like I worked for this. So in terms of how it started, um, you know, prior to Array, I was a content creator. That's what I was doing full time for a few years. Um, and uh, like got, was really just passionate about wellness because of my own personal, like my own personal health journey. And from there, you know, my, my husband who's my co-founder Nish and I, we decided that we really wanted to start a company for like women's health, health and like 
something that would give women natural solutions to solving their toughest problems. So that's kind of how Array started. And, you know, we've been working on it prior to its launch, like a year and a half prior to its launch. So we started working on this idea in like 2018, like like mid end of 2018 and um, didn't launch the company until 2020 March. So it took a lot of work even behind the scenes. And, you know, I think like now we're in 2023, it's been three years since the inception of our company and people look at it and they're like, wow, it's like, it's, 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 it's everywhere. Like, I feel like you guys blew up. And I was like, no, there's so much behind the scenes. There were so many struggles, so many days where we were like, is this even going to work? Which is completely normal. You know, that's just normal in your founder journey. So um, yeah, that's been my, that's been my career trajectory. And now we're here. Yeah, I, I love that you also bring up the tough moments. And when you think, oh my God, will it, will it even work? Because now, honestly, when I open my Instagram, I see all wellness creators literally also taking array supplements. And it looks like, you know, it was a given, you know, everyone knew that this company will succeed. But oh my God, far from <laughs> it, not the case. <laughs> but you as the founder, you have the insights of, the, and you see those dark challenging days when you are not sure what, even if it's going to work. So if you go back to the beginning of the journey, what do you think were some of the challenges? Because something that I find so impressive is to go from an idea to an actual mm -hmm. physical product, and especially yeah. when it involves natural supplements. So it's not something that you can just create yourself. So you obviously need sure. expertise and research. So what, how, what were some of the steps that you actually have taken to go from an idea to an actual product? And what were some of the challenges in, on that journey? So for us, um, the first thing was that we had to find a doctor who we wanted to partner with for our formulations. And that was really, really important to us because we didn't just want to go to a lab and tell them, oh, we just, we want this product and you guys do it with your team. Like for us, it was really important to own the formulation and work with someone that we really loved to bring our vision to life. So even that process, Liza, was, it, it takes a while, you know, I, I remember we decided we need a doctor and I was like, how are we even going to find a doctor? And so then from there, it was putting the word out to like my friends who worked in the industry that like, Hey, do you know any doctors you can connect me with who'd be potentially interested to chat? And then also like literally anywhere, like so say for example, I went to a cafe and I saw that um, they had a naturopathic doctor who advised for them. I would contact that doctor, you know, like whoever I could talk to, I would. And so that was the first challenge, but we found our doctor, uh, Dr. Natalie Mulligan, like fairly quickly because uh, she was old, like she used to be coworkers with one of my very good friends and um, my friend connected us. And that's like a, probably like the best way to find someone you want to work with because someone else knows them and you know that they're like legitimate and that they've been vetted by someone else you trust. That was the first challenge. Then after that, it was finding a manufacturer who would give us the quantity of product that we needed. Because when you look at a lot of manufacturers, and it's not just uh, exclusive to my category, this is we're talking clothing, we're talking um, beauty, like skincare, like all my founder friends have run into the same kind of challenge, which is just a rite of passage, I think, for people creating product that where is like, who's the, who's the manufacturer you're going to use? Who's going to give you a small enough quantity to not make you broke? Because when you're just starting your brand, 
you can't afford to do a hundred thousand units of anything. Like you will, that costs so much money. You have like twenty, thirty thousand dollars if you are bootstrapped. Maybe you've raised a pre-seed round of funding, in which case maybe you'd have like a million, but you don't want to put that whole thing into inventory. So finding a good manufacturer, not just in terms of quantity of product, but it's also, okay, like, are they using the ingredients that you like? Um, you know, uh, like what's in their history? Do you trust them? Like what's their plants like? So there's a lot of factors and it took us a while to land on the right manufacturer. But I would say like, those were probably like the two biggest, um, like biggest steps that we took to starting the company, because from there, like brand is, fairly straightforward like branding should not be your biggest headache no matter what you're doing in like business and then you know finding a good printer and like oh like what's our strategy to take it to market all of those things is like anyone can figure that out but the manufacturer and the doctor for us were like the two biggest hurdles actually creating a good quality product that exactly having the good product matters so much and, you know, something that I was just thinking when I was listening to you, I remember Tom Bilyeu, he was mentioning that entrepreneurs, they're crazy people because it's basically <laughs> you're trying to pull something from the ether that doesn't exist, that only totally. you can see. And yeah. you believe with all your soul that it's there and everyone around you can also think that you're just crazy because they do not see it yet. They really and don't. And it's like, it, like that is like the most accurate way of explaining it. Because I remember when I had this idea, so like my dad is an entrepreneur as well. And he's like the most, most supportive person, like my entire family, I've been very lucky, but I remember telling him this idea and he was like, but why would someone buy this from you? Like, why not a doctor founded brand? And I was like, no, I know how to create this. Like, I just know how to talk to people. I know what they're looking for. Like, I know what they want to share on social. I know their like problems. And I know that even though I'm not a doctor, if I have the right formulator, like this will be successful, but like people don't see it. Like it's, and that's like, also that's normal because that means that you've you're thinking of a business idea that is still early that people just don't understand quite yet until you put it out and solve that problem. How do you tr have trust in yourself that actually you're not crazy and everyone, <laughs> because I love that you mentioned that example, you know, from your dad and especially when it's people close to us, right? It's, and they start saying and asking all of these questions. You, it's so easy to start doubting your idea and yourself, especially in the early stages. So how did, what was the mindset that you appro approached this with, or uh, how did you get that confidence to actually trust yourself? I honestly, I just realized very early on that I have good intuition and that that is the best thing to trust when I am um, making bets on anything, to be honest, because like, even I remember when I started my blog um, prior to like, like this was early days, right? No one really got it because I was still early in this space and I just knew it was going to explode. So I, knowing that, that that happened, I was like, I just, I, I have a feeling and I have a gut feeling for trends before they take off. And I'm going to trust myself because it would just keep eating at me had I not done it, you know, like had I not acted on a ray, I feel like I would just know that, okay, like I really want to do this. I'm, like, I'm not going to do it because other people don't get it. Like no one gets it. You know what I mean? Like when the idea is like young and a business hasn't like, there's nothing, there's no example for people to refer to. 
of course people won't get it and that's okay. So I just, I don't know. I always trusted myself and I had a good, strong relationship with myself and I've always been like a pretty confident person. Like that's just something I've always worked on. And so I just had that trust within myself and also Nish, who is my husband. Like, I remember when I talked to him about the idea, he was like very supportive and he got it. And I was like, I know that his brain works in the same way. And like, he's able to spot things early and he knows like the kind of person I am as well. Like I'm creative and like, I see things before people do. And so that was enough. Yeah, I love that you have this self-awareness that also I think helps you with the having the confidence and having the trust in yourself because sometimes when people are not not spending the, not doing the work to actually get to know themselves, they don't even know what they are good at and that's totally. why they start doubting themselves and trusting other people more than they would themselves. And I love that you said, I have strong intuition. I am the creative type of person. I used to, I'm used to seeing ideas before other people see it. So then it's uh, so nice because they said you, you started the blog. And then once you started the array, you already even had the evidence before then you, you knew that you trusted the blog process even before other totally. people see it. So you now had the, already the confirming evidence. So now you, could take even a bigger step or a bigger risk. And um, something also that I really wanted to talk to you about, how is it to have your husband as your partner and to also work, to share work and love life and everything together? How is it? Is it the most amazing experience because you also was a person who understands you so much or does it have its yeah. challenges? So I think that this is something, if it works, it works so well. And if it doesn't, like, don't do it. You know what I mean? So with Mish and I, we work really, really well together. And I would say that working on a rate together has been one of the most beneficial things for our relationship, you know? So I think that we understand each other in like a very like deep, deep way, because it's one thing to see your partner um, start a business and you can be empathetic when they tell you, oh, like this went wrong or like really feel good for them when something goes right. It's another thing to go through it together because you feel it so intimately, you know, because whatever my emotions are around a loss, like for the business, it's the same that he's feeling where like if something is going wrong, we're both worried about the same thing. So it just leads to a lot of alignment and it's been really fun to work on together. Honestly, I think Nish is the smartest person that I know. And I am really lucky to have him as a co-founder. So I, I consider it a blessing. I don't think Array would be half as big as what it is if it weren't for him. Aww. I, I wish he will watch this video and uh, he'll probably <laughs> say the same. Aww. <laughs> I remember I was uh, um, watching one of the reels that you created where you were saying that you guys used to do the same day delivery of the... Oh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, that was Nish. I remember early days. Like, we always wanted to go above and beyond for our customers and like any chance to connect with them it has always been really good for us. And so Nish would go on his motorcycle and deliver packages that people ordered like on the very same day. So yeah, we've had those experiences. It's been interesting to go through together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I definitely think it's so interesting how you said that whenever you go through the challenges, especially go through the challenges together, it's so amazing to have someone who understands you because the person is also in on that same journey and to exactly. have the support. And it, it, it's incredible because I can really 
think I really think that it can also break the relationship if one partner is just going through something and the other one just cannot relate to it or absolutely even if they try but i feel like the journey of entrepreneur is just so challenging because it literally challenges you in all directions you know wherever you don't have yet the skills it will just show it and uh, it, it could be also an emotional roller coaster. i have lots of friends who are also entrepreneurs and watching them sometimes it's like um uh, seeing someone who's like bipolar you know it's like oh my god we're changing the world we're doing it we're making the difference yeah. and Oh my God, we're going to fail. It's not working out. Nobody will buy this. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, that's like the most accurate way of explaining it. So for me, I think over time, I've realized that to protect my own sanity, I have to be very stoic about these things. But Nish is just like that, you know, where he's like, oh, like things are going so well. And like, oh shit, like everything's failing. So it's like such a normal process in, in this journey, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, what would you say are the biggest differences between being a startup company and just starting? And then now as you know, the company already has got so much more recognition and it's already doing so much better and more celebrities are also using your products. So what, how does that feel? Did you ever have the moment like we made it or not yet? Uh, no. I think that, I mean, there, there are milestones where we're like, oh, wow, like this is incredible and we're so proud of ourselves and we should celebrate this. Absolutely. But I don't think that I've like, I don't know if it's normal to have like a, I made it moment because I think that when you are working on a business, it's always that like, there's so much more to do and there's so much more to improve. And like, this is what we can do. That's what we can do. And our company is still such a, it's, we're so young. Like we still feel like we're a baby startup. We are, you know, like we're tiny in comparison to um, what we want to be even. And I think what you were asking in terms of like, what is the difference between when you start and like the stage we're at right now, the only difference is the scale of problems. Okay. So when you're starting, it's like, for example, um, oh, uh, our ship, there was a delay in our shipment and we can't get product out to customers on time. Like that could be your biggest problem. Whereas right now it could be like a much larger problem. And from what I've uh, spoken to my friends who are like owners of even bigger companies, that's kind of what you see consistently where like your problems just get different. And I guess like bigger to match the scale of your company. That's the only difference. Everything else kind of stays the same. You're just, you're working just as hard. Um, I guess the evolution of how you're working is different because now we have team members, but having team members doesn't mean that I sit back and I do nothing. You know, it means that we're just managing more people. We're like, our efforts are a little bit wider. So that's, that's really all that it is that like, it just the evolution of uh, what you're dealing with is just different. You know, for some reason, there is this perception that when you get more successful, your problems will disappear. Oh, you know, God. <laughs> Not true. You know, it feels like maybe when you just started, you're like, oh, but, you know, if we just had more money, you know, we would not have these problems. And then you just, when, as you mentioned, you just start having problems at scale. They don't disappear. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember, like, buying into this myth where I was like, oh, like, you know, I remember it was 2021. We were going through, like, a particularly stressful period because we were uh, fundraising, okay? And during that time, I had put everything on pause, meaning I wasn't working out. I was barely sleeping. 
I was not eating well. Like I had just like everything had gone on pause to just do that while running the company. And I kept telling myself like, oh, like after this is over, um, it's going to get so much easier. Like, you know, it's, it's going to be fine. Like I'll like do this and that after this, you know? And what I realized from that experience was like, yes, we closed our round, but it did not get any easier. Like the business just got busier. There were like a hundred more things to do. So it doesn't actually get easier after a certain milestone. Like that's just a myth. Like you're just dealing with something different. You're going to work just as hard. It was literally one of my questions because when I saw you see your Instagram now, you're working out, you're eating healthy, you're having <laughs> this kind of a healthy lifestyle or at least a more or less balanced lifestyle when you show what you do on a day-to-day basis. But then I wanted to ask, was there any period in your business where you just had literally to put everything aside and to not prioritize your um, health and just focus everything on the business? And you said exactly that happened. So how did then afterwards, how did you start finding time for actually yourself, for self-care, for working out? So something I realized from that experience, because that I put everything on pause for months, right? And I was, I think, smart enough to realize that that's just not sustainable. Whereas a lot of founders don't realize that. Like they keep going down that path for years. Their mental health suffers, a lot suffers, right? They kind of, your life falls apart. For, For me, what I realized from putting everything on pause for like months was that I have to be able to build this business in a sustainable way. And if I burn out, then I'm not able to do my job well. And it's not, um, that's like not healthy. So of course, even today, like even right now, there are periods where maybe I'm not able to do all of the things I want to do on a daily basis, right? Like even today, like I, wish I'd been able to go to the gym in the morning. It's okay. I wasn't able to make it there and that's fine. Like I'll like kind of make do with whatever else I can do. So um, like first I've realized that, that like it's not perfect, but it's about creating routines and habits that you kind of like stick to. And those are your non-negotiables. And in terms of how I got back to that state after, um, after that period of time, I actually had a really bad accident right after um, that period of time. And I had a couple of brain injuries. I was in the hospital. Um, You know, my arm was broken, like it was really bad. And I think like that's when it clicked in my mind where I was like, I'm never going to neglect my health ever again. Like nothing is worth this. And you just realize when you have near death experiences that like, I really, um, I really value the body that I'm put in and I can't just like abuse it. Right. And nothing is really worth that. So as soon as I recovered from that, I like made it a priority to like, okay, like I'm going to get some movement in every day, no matter what, or like, I'm like, no matter what, like, this is my routine. So that's kind of like how I got back to it. And then I, I like in terms of like the technical aspect, I just wake up early. So my workday starts around 839 and I'm up by six on most days. Like I would say 90% of the time I'm up by six so that I can go get my workout in and a walk in and um, a little bit of journaling before I start my workday. So, and I, I do all of that in like an hour and a half, maybe two. Thank you so much for sharing and also being so open about the accident. I feel like sometimes the universe or the world, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. someone who's listening believes in has mysterious ways because sometimes we do need to kind of almost get a wake up call. And totally. uh, when it notices that we are not taking the right action that we should be taking, it will 
create some kind of painful experience so that we actually pay attention to what is going on. And uh, I truly believe that everything that is happening is happening for me. And that Agreed. has been a big differentiating factor because now when something is happening and I always ask, why is this happening for me? And I can start seeing already so many of the great things that this could bring, even in the most horrific events. And I feel like that's almost a superpower that you can have when you just turn the tables and you start seeing the good thing. Yeah. And that's kind of a skill that you nurture, right? Like I, I was not like the, the way that you think is exactly how I think as well. And that's not how I was my whole life. You know, it's something that I've actively worked on cultivating. And I think that it's made life a lot better because now it's like, no matter what challenge comes my way, I know that it's just a little hurdle and it's fine. And there's like a teaching moment here. It's, I feel like it's viewing challenge, uh, problems as challenges. And instead of saying like, I have to, I get to, and exactly. everything is happening for me instead of to me. And it's small things like that, but they just make the biggest difference. And that's why I think mindset is so powerful because it's something that's invisible and you cannot see who has which mindset. But then there are all of these external factors that then that you can see the external results, you know, someone builds a successful company. You can already imagine what kind of person they had to become, what kind of totally. mindset they built to actually achieve that. So what are some of the things, uh, the mindset that, what, what is uh, the mindset that you've developed on your journey and what you, would you think, would you say were some of the crucial skills that help, help you achieve success and continue ongoing? Um, in terms of mindset, I think that you have to grow into kind of believing in certain things and um, carrying yourself like that type of person as well. So like, you know, I constantly ask myself, like, you know, what does the founder of like, a whatever, like a huge wellness business, like, what are they doing? Like, if I if I could just imagine that person, what would they be doing? Like, how are they showing up in their daily life? Like, what are the decisions that they're making? What are their habits? And getting very granular about that. And that's how I try to show up every single day. Because even if I'm not there today, that's the shoes that I'm stepping into. And so I feel like everything else sort of follows because I'm setting like everything else is, is kind of being done. Um, and then the results come afterwards. So, or like automatically because of those things. So I feel like that is that from a mindset perspective. And then when it comes to tactical skills, honestly, like you're just always learning. Um, I'm constantly reading, I'm listening to podcasts. I have a lot of like, it's also about who you surround yourself with. All of my friends are incredibly successful. They're people who I look up to and who I can go to if I'm wanting to solve a problem in a certain part of the business, like there are people I can learn from, you know? And so I think I'm just always learning and absorbing information and applying that to array. Like where I, when I have an issue, like I'm there trying to find an active solution. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would say. And I love that you also mentioned that you read books and you listen to podcasts because I feel like nowadays we live in this world where we have so much of the knowledge just at our fingertips, you know, we can Absolutely. access it and the barrier to entry is one of the lowest that it has ever been because we literally have the internet. We can create things, we can research, we can mm -hmm. connect with the greatest minds in the world 
read their books, listen to their podcasts and learn how they think. And that's something also I really love doing. I love reading also the books of the entrepreneurs. For example, not just now I'm reading the book from um, the founder of ClassPass. And yeah. I found it also so inspiring to see what was her mindset, what were her challenges, how did she actually achieve this huge success of her company was yeah. evaluated at $1 billion and was a unicorn company, which is incredible. And it's so interesting to see what were the actual steps and what were the beginnings, what her was her mindset. So I just wanted to say to all the uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, there's so much that you can do, even if you don't have yet the connections or don't have yet the money that you can learn from other people. And there's so much information out there. Yeah. You know, there's that saying that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. I don't think it's physical time. It's like, what you, what are you absorbing? Like, who are you looking up to? Um, what are you reading? Like, it's just so much more than like, oh, my, my friend, like if you don't have friends yet who are like, you know, people who you really look up to or who are like doing incredible things, then just read more, you know, expose yourself to the type of people through like YouTube and podcasts or whatever, who you, you think are like inspirational. That's, that's kind of all you have to do. So you're right. Like with the internet available to us, there's really no excuse. Like you can find anything that you're looking for. Yeah, I remember at one point, I think it was back in 2019, I was obsessed with uh, Tom Bilyeu's impact theory and I was watching mm. all the episodes and then Jay Shetty, his podcast, his content and David Goggins. And I feel like I, I became almost like a mixture of these three people because I was totally. spending so much time listening to them even more than to my friends i would listen to their their podcast the way they talk the way they act and then you start changing and Absolutely. it happens it happens just by itself because you now have been exposed to so much more that you become now a different person and you've taken a part of them and that became you and that's just so so powerful so also being super careful with the people that you do surround yourself and what kind of information you do expose yourself because you will become that yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely true. And I was talking to one of my friends about this um, last year, and we were just talking about like our habits in our early 20s and what we were consuming. And we were always like listening to and consuming like, um, like kind of like growth minded things. So like um, Tony Robbins or like whoever it is, right? Like we were just constantly absorbing that. And so if that's kind of what's in your like line of sight, that's what you think is normal then, right? Whereas if all you're doing is watching reality TV on Netflix 24 seven, by the way, like it's fine to watch reality TV here and there, like everyone needs a break, but like imagine that's what you do with all your time. And then you go out with your friends and you guys just talk shit. And you know, there's, there's nothing really like your, your standard of what's normal and what you expect is then okay, like I watch TV and I gossip with my friends and that is my entire life and that's who I am. Like, how is that supposed to better you, you know? Yeah, and I, I love that you mentioned that you're already exposed to growth mindset in your 20s. Is there anything, anything that you would, uh, if you could go back to your younger self, is there any advice that you would give her? Because she was already... Um, listening to about growth mindset. So she was doing pretty well for herself, but is there anything that you would say? Um, honestly, I think that I, I look back at who I was in my early twenties and I'm really proud of 
everything that I did at that time because it made me who I am. So I feel like I was always on the right path. I think what I would have told myself is maybe to like go harder and trust myself more, um, especially in like my earlier 20s, because um, I think like I've just realized over time that taking risks that are kind of gnawing at you is a good thing. But like when you're in, when you're younger, like maybe you doubt yourself a little bit more. So I wish that like, if I could go back and just tell myself, like, just trust your intuition right from the start. Like you, you're right. (laughs) And also like, don't care about what people say is like the other thing, because when you're in your twenties, like, I don't know, you think that like people, like people's opinion really matters of you. And it really doesn't like I, no one should really care what other people think of them. I feel like there is the, I remember there is this quote that I saw read. It's when you're in your twenties, you care so much about what other people think. When you're in your thirties, you stop caring what other people think. Uh, when you're in your forties, you even start to wonder why did you ever think yeah. <laughs> care about what other people think? And when you like, uh, reach your fifties or sixties, you're like, nobody was even thinking about me. That's where I'm at right now, where I'm like, first, I think people are pretty self-absorbed in the sense that they're like, you're so concerned about yourself that for the most part, like, even if you do think something about someone, it's so fleeting that it shouldn't matter, you know, and for you to base your entire identity or whatever life decisions you're making based on the approval of others is, is kind of crazy. So I really do think that most people are not thinking about you and B, if people are out there thinking about you and talking about you, then what you have to realize is that those people's opinions doesn't matter because they probably are not the people you should be looking up to. So like the best way to phrase this is like, okay, like let's think of Oprah or I don't know, like Kris Jenner, whoever is like incredibly successful in your mind. Like, do you think they have time to like gossip about what their like friends did? Like, no, they're like doing their own shit, you know? So I think that that's like, once I realized that I was like, oh, like, I don't care if Sally said that I'm stupid, like, or I, I'm self-absorbed. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I feel uh, there, there, I really liked um, this uh, analogy because I remember reading somewhere where the quote said, only people who are doing less than you or trying less hard than you will actually ever gossip about you. And exactly those who are doing more than you and are out there in the arena they know how hard it is. They know how brutal it is. What an emotional roller coaster! And they will do nothing but encourage you and exactly. uh, help you on your journey with whatever they have because they know how hard it is. And also another mindset paradigm that I like looking at is like thinking about the person that you really admire as well, and then thinking what because they're also a normal person like we are. And then imagine what if they never took action? What if, for example, Tony Robbins had and he had lots of moments where he had doubts. What if he just stopped and didn't do that, didn't achieve this crazy level of success that he now has? And so, and hundreds of thousands of people all over the world would not have achieved their potential because totally, Tony, yeah, it it has like such an impact. So I think that just having that belief in yourself and like just going for it is really important. And uh, about dreaming big and achieving our potential, what would you say is the future that you see for yourself, for other companies that you plan to start? What is the dream bigger goal for you? (laughs) Um, Honestly, I think I'm already on that path, which is that I want to build things that better people's lives. So that is like my biggest dream that I want to be able to 
help people feel like the best versions of themselves. Like that, I feel like that's kind of been the through line of like everything that I've done um, in my career, you know, like whether it was my blog, I just wanted to share the things that worked for me in the hopes that it would help other people. It's the same thing with Array. It's the same thing with my podcast. So I just want to continue down that path. I love that you have this very strong passion and purpose that guides you and that you didn't dedicate yourself to a particular job or profession, but it's you dedicated yourself to that passion and purpose and everything that you said, I, I was doing the blog or I was doing the podcast, I'm doing the company, I'm doing this. It just from that purpose. And that's why yeah. I'm sure you'll have so many more exciting projects in the future that will be also coming from the purpose and the passion that is in you. Thank you. And before I ask my last question, where can people connect with you, reach out to you, follow you along on your journey? So you can find Array at Array.com or on Instagram or TikTok at Array.co. You can find me on all social platforms at Sif Hyder, and you can find my podcast, um, the Dream Bigger podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Awesome. And the last question would be, let's imagine you're 80 years old. You're looking back on your life. And you think, I wish I've done that. So now we go back to this very present moment. And there's already something that you know that you absolutely must do, but you haven't done it yet. What would that something be for you? Honestly, Liza, nothing. I think about this, like I'm very introspective and I've thought about this all my life. And I have done things that bring me joy for this reason. Like I never want to be the person who looks back in my life being like, oh, I didn't travel enough. Like I do. If I want to go somewhere, I go. Um, if it's a business idea that's gnawing at me, I'll do it. If I want to make sure I treat my body well so that when I'm 80, I'm like, oh shit, like I'm strong and I'm vibrant still. I will do that today. You know what I mean? So I think like I'm quite self-aware in that sense that I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything in life. Like I'm conducting my life exactly like I should be. And in a way that I hope that my 80-year-old self is proud of me. The same way that when I look back on my 21-year-old self or 22-year-old self, I'm proud of her. Oh, I, I really think this is the best answer. And to also spend our day, every day of our lives in the way that our future selves would thank us for and totally. not have any regrets in the future. But I just love asking this question so that to make the guests think, you know, is there anything that they're not it's doing a that great they should? Question. It, is, it is really a good question. And it's interesting that you ask that. It's almost like a journal prompt, right? So I feel like people should really like think about it. And I, I often do, which is what's kind of guided me to conduct my life in the way I have. So I think it's an amazing question. Awesome. Sif, thank you so much for coming to, onto the show. And it was a complete pleasure to talk with you and to learn from you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're such a good interviewer.